So we are going to wrap up our series, Faith Extinguishers, this morning. And I know that last week I said we're wrapping it up, but the Lord put something in my heart to share that added on to it. And so we had to be obedient to the Lord. Let me tell you, God wants our obedience. He wants your obedience and he wants my obedience. And we see it actually through scripture where Saul lost the kingdom because he was not obedient to God. Amen. And so, so far in this series, we, we talked about four different things. We talked about how unbelief will extinguish our faith. We talked about how doubt extinguishes faith. We talked about how fear can extinguish faith. And last week, we talked about how worry can extinguish faith. And by the way, worry comes through our thoughts, and our thoughts come in the first person. I can't do this. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy, right? And those things bring worry to us, and worry can extinguish our faith. And this morning, I want us to talk about two things that go hand in hand that extinguish our faith, and is this, words and actions. Our words and our actions can extinguish our faith. Here's the reality. Our words and our, and our actions can build our faith, but our words and our actions can extinguish our faith. We've all heard this little, like, that's not a nursery rhyme, but we've heard it since we're little kids. Can you help me with it? Watch, watch. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Let's be real. Do you know what the Bible says? That our words have power. Your words have power. My words have power. Not just the words that we speak, but also the words that we allow to be spoken over us. And this is what the Bible says. Go to Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, verse 21, Proverbs 18, 21. And this is what that verse says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Whether you speak life or you speak death, fruit is coming from it. And that fruit, you and I will have to eat. I read this and, and I wrote it down. I want to read it the right way. It said this, to speak life is to speak God's perspective. To speak life is to speak God's perspective. To speak death is to declare life's negatives, to declare defeat, or to complain constantly. Now, let's be very real. I'm not in this, like, super faith, name it, claim it. I believe that we need to speak in faith. I believe that we need to declare the word of God. And I do believe that with people who you can trust and align in prayer with, you can be vulnerable and transparent and say, I'm dealing with this. It ain't going well, and I need your prayer. That's not being a negative person. But what happens? We're living in a time where we tell everybody everything. And not just tell people with our mouth. We do it with our fingers. On Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, now named X, and if you're old like me, on MySpace, right? Anybody here ever had a MySpace account? Some of the young people was like, what's MySpace? 
before there was Facebook, there was this thing called MySpace. And we're living in a time where we tell everybody everything. And how many of you see posts like this every single day? Let me just rant for a moment. And then everything spews. And we're telling everybody everything we're dealing with. We're telling everybody what's going on. And the truth is we are putting over our life and speaking over our life death and curse based on the situation and trials we're going through. Again, we're going to go through stuff. Watch, watch, watch. Like tap yourself on the shoulder and tell yourself. I turned off my own microphone. Sorry, hit the button now. I'm going to go through stuff. And sometimes it's self-inflicted. <laughs> the Bible doesn't promise that everything's always going to be perfect. Jesus promised, actually, he said this. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But have peace. I've overcome the world. So, yes, you and I are going to go through stuff. And it's going to hurt and it's going to be painful. But the promise from God is that he's going to be with you through it. So the question is, what am I declaring when I'm going through stuff? Am I using words to declare this is difficult, but God, I still trust in you. When somebody looks at you and says, is everything okay? Can I look? If it's somebody of trust that I can look and say, hey, right now I'm going through some stuff, but that's not what I'm going to declare. I'm going to declare that God is with me through this stuff. Or are we glorifying the stuff and glorifying the enemy? What are we doing with our tongue? What are we speaking? And not just what are we speaking, but what are we listening to? Listen, our words have power. Our words have power. What are we speaking? Over our life, over our situation, over our children, what are we speaking? I want you to go with me a minute to the book of James. Book of James, I say this every time we go to James. Every Christian should read the book of James. It is like the manual for believers, how to live our lives. In James chapter 3, it talks about the tongue. And look what actually verse number 2 of James chapter 3 says. It says, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Here's the reality. We all struggle with the tongue and what we speak. And we need to start to align ourselves and watch ourselves and what we speak. Have you, have you ever heard the saying, if you've got nothing good to say, say nothing at all? That verse does not exist in the Bible, but it's a very true statement. So I've had to mature in my life as a Christian. And sometimes something wants to come out and I'll stay quiet. I'll, I'll be in a meeting with some people or something and somebody say, wow, you're awfully quiet. And I'll just smile. My eyes are saying, I've got nothing good to say. And then you mature with it, right? Like, do you ever thought of something to tell your spouse, but then you fix it in your brain and say no? And anybody ever done that before? Right? Like the thought comes and, and, and I'll go and I, it happens in our home. We have an amazing marriage, but we argue sometimes, and it's not always, you know, like you have disagreements on things. And sometimes I'll go to say something, and I'll catch myself, and my wife will be like, 
say it. I'm like, no. She's like, but you already thought it, so you might as well just say it. She's like, yeah, but I thought about it, and it's better if I don't. So I'm going to stay quiet. I promise I'm not going to get mad. Yes, you are. Well, I'm going to be mad thinking about what you was you were going to say. Yep, and I know better than to say it. And it's funny, but it's true. But we need to start applying that to everything in our lives. We got to stop speaking willy-nilly. Do you know David writes in one of the Psalms, this is what he says, put a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you. Watch, this is the verse. Put a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you. If you didn't know this, our words can be sinful. As a matter of fact, it should probably be part of our daily prayer. Lord, I'm leaving the house this morning. Put a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you. And sometimes we are believing God for something, but we're speaking the opposite. We're speaking the complete opposite. And then look at what James continues to say. He talks about the tongue in verse number four. He says, look at the ships also. Though they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Our words can extinguish our faith. In the same way that our words can fuel our faith. So I ask ourselves the question, what are we speaking? You know what James continues to say? Look at what he continues to say. Go down to verse number 9. With it, talking about the mouth, the tongue. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. We should underline the next sentence. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. What we speak, church, has power, and we ought not to speak Blessing and curse. We ought not to be saying we believe and then speak the opposite. It's better not to speak than to speak the wrong thing. What are we speaking? What are we saying? I wrote this thought down. If you're taking notes, words contrary to what we are believing for extinguish our faith. Words contrary to what we are believing for extinguish our faith. And let me go a little deeper in that. Both Words that you speak, church, and words that we listen to or we allow others to speak. Watch. Check the source that's speaking it. Check the source that's speaking it. Not everything that sounds good is good. Not everything that looks good is good. We have one of our church members, he has a a jewelry store, and he put a video out the other day that was saying, hey, if they're offering you this Cuban link chain for $400 and they're telling you it's whatever carrot and it's only 400 bucks, Bapo, it ain't real. <laughs> he said it differently, but that's what the gist of it. And sometimes 
We allow words to be spoken over us, over our marriage, over our children, over situations in our life, and it looks good, but it ain't real. Can I tell you something? The real costs you. Oh, wow. There's some relationships that we've got to break free from in our lives because they're not real and they're costing us. There's some people that we allow and that we follow and that we give weight to that we need to eliminate because they're fake and it's not growing our faith but extinguishing our faith. I remember sitting in the car with my wife many years ago with some family friends and we were believing for getting pregnant. We didn't have children yet. We were just standing in faith and believing. And, and I, it wasn't a bad thing. It's out of the goodness of the person's heart. They were talking about all their horror stories of when they were pregnant. And I remember her husband looked and said, stop. What are you doing? What are you speaking? You're like speaking of everything that went wrong. Husband caught and like, and, and they weren't doing it as a bad thing, but that's what we do sometimes. Hey, no, I'm believing for this. Believing to, to you know, be able to buy my house this year. What? You know, with the interest rate the way they are right now? You know, are you going to buy something and be so upside down? What, what if the market crashes? Wait, my provision doesn't come from the stock market. My provision comes from God. What voice am I allowing in? So it's not just what words are we speaking. What words are we allowing? What words are we listening to? And here's the other part of it. Our actions. Let's talk about our actions. Are we doing what God has asked of us to do? Are we doing what God has asked of us to do? There's a verse. It's going to come up on the screen. It's Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke 6, 46. Look at what Jesus says here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Like, listen to what Jesus is asking the people, and he's asking you and me. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you to do? I've been on the receiving end of that conversation with God. Not audibly. I've never heard God speak to me audibly. But you know, like, when you felt and you read and you, you prayed and God gave you direction as to do something and you don't, and then God's like, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I tell you to do. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm going to match my actions to what I'm believing. Do our actions match what we're believing? You look and you say, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm praying and I'm believing for my children to come to Christ. I'm believing it. Pray with me, pastor. Awesome. Let's pray. Next Sunday rolls around. You're here. Your kids aren't with you. Hey, where's your kids? We're believing God. Well, you know, they wanted to sleep in. They told me they didn't want to go to church, so I just left them at home. Well, your actions don't match what you're asking me to pray with you for. How about this one? Lord, pray, uh, Pastor, pray with me for my marriage. Well, we're believing God's going to restore your marriage. But if I look at your search history, top, to, top divorce attorneys in Miami-Dade County, hmm, your actions aren't matching. I'm praying for self-control. I need to lose weight. I, I want to get in shape. I want to lose weight. God, help me. But I drive to Krispy Kreme every morning. My actions, they're not matching. 
It's like that joke. Y'all heard that joke, the guy that's in a diet? And he says, God, if you really want me to have this donut, right? Now, this place is always packed. There's going to be an empty parking spot right in front of the door. And would you know it? On the eighth time around the parking lot, there it was. <laughs> See, that's what we do sometimes. God, if this is your will, this is what we're going to do. But then we, we, we keep circling the parking lot when God already told me not to. We keep circling the parking lot. How close can I get to the fire without getting burned? How close can I get to the edge to look like the world but not be the world? No. We are distinct. We are set apart. And our actions need to match what we're believing for. If our actions don't match what we're believing for, they're extinguishing our faith. So what are we listening to? Who are we listening to? What are we speaking? And what are we doing? What is the corresponding action? Because actions contrary, the same way that words contrary to what we're believing for, actions contrary to what we're believing for will extinguish our faith. Very practical. Can we be practical for a second? Watch. I'm trying to lose weight so I do not buy the cookies and cream, the double-stuffed Oreos. Come on, somebody. I don't buy those things which will tempt me to have it. And then I look and say, but I don't understand. I don't know why. I'm trying to get rid of whatever that is. But I buy it because I'm strong enough. No, you're not. I'm not either. We need to put in place actions and things that align what we're believing for. And when we start doing that, we see our faith being fanned and the flame growing. So what are we hearing? What are we listening to? What are we reading? You know... Anybody can post something online. Anybody. As a matter of fact, right now, if you were to open up a browser on Google, Safari, Internet Explorer, whatever you use, and you do in there a search about doubt or faith or healing, or whatever the case, whatever you put a thing on, you will get hundreds of pages with thousands upon thousands of articles written by all kinds of different people. And we'll read it without checking who's the source. Who is the person? What covering are they under? I get asked this by pastors sometimes. My wife and I were talking about this week. Because when you meet a pastor... Sometimes they'll ask you questions like this. A pastor meeting another pastor and be like, so, so, so tell me, who are the theologians that have most shaped your life? Who do you read? Do you read this or you read that or read the other? And I, I always kind of shrug and smile. I was like, yeah, I know some of those names, but Jesus has shaped my life. Listen, I've read Wigglesworth. I've read stuff from Tozer. I've read stuff from, uh, 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 sorry, from Spurgeon. I've read things from different men and women of God that are men and women of God. But most of what we need to read is what God said. What did Jesus say about it? I remember when I was in high school, I had a Bible teacher. I went to Christian school. I had a Bible teacher that we had different opinions on gifts of the spirit. And um, we believe what the Bible says. Jesus said, I am leaving, but I am sending you a comforter. 
the parakletos is what the Bible says the word is, means another one just like me who can do exactly what I do. So Jesus says, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. According to the book of Joel, the Holy Spirit is going to bring an anointing and bring a power, right? It says that it will be upon all flesh where there will be prophecy and, and, and visions and dreams. And the book of Corinthians talks about the gifts of the Spirit and, and all of the different things. And I believe what the Word of God says. And here's what the reality. It was a promise and it did not have an expiration date. There is not one verse in the Bible that says this will only be for the 12 apostles that were with me. There's no verse. It is a promise for his children. So this Bible teacher and I, we had difference of opinions because he believed that the gifts had ceased at the end of what they call the first century church. And so for an entire school year, he would bring me books and articles written by all these people, and I would bring him Bible verses. An entire school year. This was my freshman year of high school. And at the end of the school year, I remember he looked at me and says, man, you've made me grow so much this year. And I looked at him at the end of the we, 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 we stayed on opposite ends of it. He's saved. He's going to heaven. He's just not believing in what I believe is in operation today. So he's missing out on what the Bible says it's a gift from God. And I remember saying to him, Mr. So-and-so, you have brought me dozens and dozens of articles and books, and I have only brought you scripture. I think there's a disconnect. And what happens is many of us, we read so much and hear so many teachers and so many things, but we don't spend enough time hearing what God says, speaking what God says. And then doing what God says. Can we go back to Luke chapter 6? Go back to Luke chapter 6. 646. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to do? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to do? Then he continues to say this in verse number 47. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it. Immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Watch. If we hear it, but we don't do it, it's as good as nothing. And do you notice that both houses, the stream both burst against it? What did I say a little while ago? We're going to go through stuff. What are we building our foundation on? crazy to think that we did construction at our house six years ago. We did an addition. A little more than six years ago because Patty was pregnant with Samantha and Samantha just turned six years old. So about seven years ago, we did an addition at our house. And one of the things that we were going to do, we were going to take an existing terrace that was a screened-in terrace 
and we were going to enclose it. We were going to add uh, a living space to the inside of the house. We were adding a master bedroom with a master bath and a living area. We're doing this, right? And so we hire an engineer, an architect. They, they come and they, they do all the stuff and they make plans and they give us the plans. And, and I start looking and reading and doing all these different things. And, and I realized that one of the things that they wanted us to do was to cut out the existing section of concrete that was already there all around the edge. And I looked at I, I spoke and I was like, why do we got to cut that out? It's perfectly good concrete. And this is what they said. Yeah, but, but the foundation for that slab wasn't meant to hold walls. The foundation for that slab isn't deep enough to hold this. And so we've got to dig down 24 inches, I think was the number. And we've got to put in rebar and we've got to pour concrete to lay right and proper footings to hold the walls, to hold the windows, to sustain it. I thought if I just put it up, guess what? Nobody will know until a wind comes, until the storm comes. And many of us, we want, we're like, well, wait, just, 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 I mean, eso no lo ve nadie. Nobody's going to know. Yeah. They're going to know when it starts to crack. They're going to know when it tilts over. And so what do we need to do? Say, God, dig deep and let's put a firm foundation. What are we going to build the foundation on? We're going to build it on the word of God. What did he say about you and me? And what are we acting? Can I tell you, can I read one more verse to you? Look at James. Back to James. In James 3, I talked to you about the tongue. James chapter 1, verse 22 says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Underline the next part. Deceiving yourself. If I go buy that $400 Cuban link chain, I ain't deceiving anybody but myself. Everybody's, oh, wow, look, they're making it big time. Look at that. Oh, whatever. Yeah, take it to the jeweler to put the little gun thingamajiggy or whatever it is to test it, and it ain't going to beep or not. Whatever it's supposed to do, it ain't going to happen. You know who was deceived? And sometimes we're like, oh, I, I just, I give my life to Jesus. That's enough. I'm going to get to heaven. Well, I'm actually not too sure about that. Am I allowing God to change me? Am I giving fruit? That's different when somebody comes to Jesus at the point of death. Yes, instantly, they're, they're there. But you tell me you gave your life to Jesus you're reading the word of God, you're going to service, you're listening and you're doing things and changes and happening. You speak the same way, you act the same way, you dress the same way, you cheat the same way, you do everything the same exact way. This is going to hurt. I don't know if you've gotten saved. Because when you come to God, change will happen. Do we struggle? Yeah. Do we fall? Absolutely. If I was perfect, I wouldn't need a savior. But if I'm okay with staying in my sin, transformation hasn't started. That's part of the problem in today's society. We want to come to Jesus, but stay in our sin. 
and we can't stay in our sin. As a matter of fact, what we start start doing is feeling uncomfortable. You ever been somewhere where you felt uncomfortable? Because you saw something should be that way. We're reading the word of God and it's like, ooh, that one hurt. Because I, ah. Lord, help me. Put a guard over my mouth. David is one of the best Bible characters, in my opinion, in the Bible. Not just because we share a name. And he said that constantly. Put a guard over my mouth that I might not sin against you. Are we guarding our hearts? Because you know what Jesus said? Out of the heart flows what we speak. And the only way that transformation comes is as we spend time with God. So I ask again the question. Worship to come to the altar. I ask again these questions. Who and what are we listening to? What are we speaking? And what are we doing? Because if you and I are believing but are acting opposite our faith is being extinguished and if you and I are believing but are speaking contrary our faith is being extinguished and here's the reality the more time you spend away from somebody the easier the relationship breaks Let's not go time and time without spending it with God and hearing from him. Let's spend time with him every single day. Let's listen to what he says. And let's tell him, God, change me. Remove this from me. And let's begin to speak and act in ways that align with what he said. Watch. Not with what we feel. Oh, man so easy for us to get in trouble with speaking what we feel why am I going through this when is it going to stop I'm believing I'm believing it's going to be fat God's going to do something but then we don't spend time with him and we just focus on the issue again we talked about that last week and we start to worry and do all of this and, and we go down the rabbit hole no 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 what are we speaking have you ever had somebody tell you or you tell somebody, did you just hear what you said? Anybody ever, did you just hear yourself? Let's hear ourselves and let's begin to dig out bad seed and put good seed in. Speak life what God says over your life, over your health, over your marriage, over your finances, over your home, over your workplace, over your business. Everywhere you go declaring God is in this place. God is gonna move in this place. Let's align our words and our actions to what God says so that our faith would grow and not be extinguished. Let's stand to our feet.